Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, I'm going to be talking about Season 3, Episode 6 of Jessica Jones, a.k.a. Sorry Face. Right after this. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll, and yes, I'm here again solo, making sure you guys get your Jessica Jones podcast fix every day. And uh, again, with all the scheduling conflicts, it's been tough to get together with Jeff. So I'm going to talk about this episode, aka Sorry Face. Um, so spoiler alert, spoiler alert. This episode was creepy as hell. Um, we finally get Salinger, like, fully perform, well, not fully performing, but trying to perform his full thing, and we kind of get what he, I guess, gets off on. He wants you to see your sorry face. He wants you to actually, that's what those faces were that were, uh, pictured in his portfolio, is it's people realizing, uh, he wants them to come to terms with their sort of sin in his mind, I guess, uh, which their sin is a waste of potential, I think. Um, or, or just not having brain power. And, and now he has a new obsession at the, by the end of this episode. And, and man, I love it. Uh, the, the last line of this episode, he said he would bring pain to power. We might have unleashed him. And of course, Jessica says, shit. Really well performed on that line. And it's great. Um, they, they basically gave him a new mission, um, by, by defeating him, sort of, uh, at least in, in momentarily, by capturing him, uh, the the only reason they're able to defeat him is not because of their intelligence, not because, uh, as he says, they're they're human beings with um, you know abilities born of pain and struggle. Uh, these are cheaters, and I, I love it. I love uh, the idea that this guy is going to go after powered people, and we have three powered people to worry about now, not just Jessica. Um, and and this this episode was a lot of fun, mostly because we actually got to see all three of them working together. The scene where they're in the uh, the industrial kitchen, and he says uh, he's coming, um, talking about Salinger. Eric's lying on the floor and looks up at Jess and says, he's coming because he can sense the headache moving, running towards him. And then Jessica turns around, sees him and she fights him, but not alone because Hellcat's right behind her and bam, 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 bam. Just, just really fun. And, and them looking at each other and going, yeah, we did it. We, we effing did it. Uh, we took out this guy. Uh, and that was really a lot of fun. Just, Beating, beating, getting to see them all work together. All three of them use their powers. Um, speaking of, uh, well, he doesn't have a power. Malcolm doesn't. Malcolm is an unpowered person. But man, Malcolm took a dark road. This, they're coming together. They're coalescing as a unit. Um, the three of them: Trish, Jessica, and Eric. Uh, all the while, Malcolm is taking a dark turn. Even darker than he had been. I, he, he's sitting at that weight bench saying he, he wanted to feel something. And as soon as he said that, I was like, oh, this is going to get sexual. Damn. Um, but he says, uh, he, he seemed like he was really regretting his decisions up till now. He's like, this isn't the person I want to be. He has stated it out loud. It, it's kind of like the first, <laughs> the first, uh, step into solving the problem is admitting you have a problem. Uh, and he's admitting that he has a problem. 
um, and that he's going, has gone down a dark road and then, uh, he goes down a darker road because this is not, this is not a, this is not a good situation. Uh, this woman is, has a messed up view of sexuality. Um, and, and she says me and my pimp had a similar arrangement. Uh, she's not thinking of this as, you know, this isn't a, uh, two consenting adults doing something, uh, that they both want. It's her with a messed up view of sexuality and sort of this transactional view and him accepting it. And it's, man, it was dark. And I thought, I thought when, uh, Zaya called him, that it was, he was going to stop it. He was going to realize what, he, like, cause he was on the, he was on the bubble there. He was like leaning back and forth between, Oh, I realize I have a problem. I need to try to do better. And then he lets that happen. And, you know, and that's a different kind of darkness than what we've been seeing him do. When he beat up uh, her pimp, that was also a different kind of darkness than we've seen him do. I mean, I guess when he crashed into the football player in episode one, that was also that sort of uh, lashing out physically. But I'm worried about Malcolm. Very worried about Malcolm. We, we keep we've talked on the cast a lot about maybe Hogarth being a villain, and 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 she, uh, you know, this episode she didn't really do anything particularly evil, but. Uh, Man, what do you, th- hmm, she had the zone to ask. Jeff's not here. So I'm asking you guys, what do you think Hogarth is thinking she's going to use the, uh, body parts for? Like she, she, she sees this as an opportunity to clear herself. So is she going to go after the serial killer or is she going to go against Jessica and team and defend the serial killer as a way of, um, you know, clearing this poor man's name and then getting good press out of it. I just don't know that that could be the way, you know, we've been talking about Jerry becoming the villain. I could see this being the way that happens because Jerry's never going to be unless, unless she goes into some sort of weird trial to save her from the ALS that gives her powers, which I think that would be weird. Uh, although it's obviously crossed my mind, uh, unless she goes that way, uh, she's gonna, if she turns up to be sort of a villain in this last half of the season, it's going to be, be you know, using her powers, which is her lawyering. Um, and what if she's sort of the anti, <laughs> anti Matt Murdock and she goes and defends a real awful serial killer like Salinger? And then it's, it's up to just, and she's using the full power of her, uh, of of her position as at the head of this law firm, as well as Malcolm as her lackey, and Malcolm's going to have to make this decision anyway. This is where I think it's going, and those of you who might be listening to this a few days uh, after you've already watched more episodes are probably like, "He's totally wrong," and I have no Jeff to to give me give me a <laughs> feedback on this, so I'm just spitballing here. Random theories. We love random theories around here. Uh, let's see, let's see. What else did I want to talk about on this episode before we, before we move on to episode seven? I'm very excited to be getting through this thing. Uh, oh, one of my, my favorite moment. It, it, I love the cartoon violence. 
that Jess gets to do sometimes. Last episode I'd mentioned I loved how she keeps throwing the prostitute onto the bed. That was very funny. And this episode, throwing Trish out of the window and letting her land on her feet like a cat was great. Really, really, really great. Um, I loved the eighth man puzzle. Uh, this reminded me a lot of an escape room, which we have talked about on this podcast a lot, uh, how me and Jeff both love escape rooms so much. Uh, but I really loved, uh, how they built, they built this case. It felt like a real mystery that was solvable, uh, but interesting. And the fact that there's eight people, one of them is obviously not, in, not been killed. Is not the body there? Picture's there, the body's not. So what does that mean? Is he still alive? Is he buried somewhere else? What can we do? And I just, I don't know. It was good. It was good, uh, detective storytelling. I enjoyed that. And you know, this whole thing, it's always a detective story. That's Jessica Jones's power. And, uh, I thought that was a really fun one. I don't know. Uh, it, it, it just, for some reason, it felt a little more fun than just, uh, the basic, like, one thing leads to the next, you know? It felt a little, it felt kind of cool. Like, as the, as the watcher, I could kind of solve that with them. I was like, oh, he's not in the thing. They took a picture. That either means one of these three things, you know? I, I, I could kind of build the story myself, which I really like that in a detective story. You're reading those old detective books and stuff and, like, being able to, pick out the storylines and try to try to solve it before they can. That's always fun. Uh, Rand was mentioned. That was really cool. Rand not only mentioned, but his sabbatical was mentioned and it had like effects on the plot, which, you know, that's, that's some, that's some tight continuity right there. Um, even though we're probably never, well, unless, unless, unless the future of these characters, um, is brighter than we, than it could be. Uh, they could come back. They could all come back. But if they're, if it's all over, it'll be interesting if that's just the last thing we hear about Rand. Yeah, he just stayed on that sabbatical. It's the last thing we ever know. It's kind of a bummer. Um, let's see. I, the moral implications of Eric. I really, I really loved them lying together and her calling her aspirin. I thought that was really fun. Um, he says, it's who you are, this hero thing, it's who you are, not doing it would be a lie. And then he calls her human aspirin or whatever. And, and has, and has the, he says this hero thing is, is, is a really good feeling. It's really good for me. Um, and, and I love the smile on her face in the, in that moment. She's really found someone who sees beyond her sort of harsh exterior. <sighs> Man, I really like it. I like it. It's, it's interesting to have a character who sees the depths of her and the depths of her is goodness. You know, so many people give her shit. Like pretty much everyone in her life gives her shit for, uh, being an asshole because she is an asshole, but that assholeness is a harsh exterior. She's built up to push people away because she's had some really bad pain in her history, some really bad trauma. So seeing um, him recognizing the goodness that is at the heart of her and, 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 and it, it confirms it for her as well. You know, it's not just that uh, sometimes I think she thinks she's worse than she is. Uh, she wants to be worse than she is sometimes. I don't know. It, it, I just thought that was a really nice touch. I, I, I hadn't really considered how his power 
what his power meant for their relationship. And they're obviously kind of getting a little deeper into their relationship now, not just uh, F, F buddies or whatever. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. I've got my notes here, so if there's anything else I wanted to mention before we move on. Um, I think that's pr- pretty much it. Um, oh, uh, calling out what we, we've been talking about, how Jessica represents sort of the pessimism and practicality. Um, I loved the, uh, the line when, when, when she's excited, she's excited because they're after a serial killer. Trish is excited because they're after a serial killer. And, uh, Jess says, you should be scared and worried and pessimistic. Like, stop being this way. Uh, they, they called out directly what we've been talking about on the cast for days, and I thought that was really cool. The last thing to touch on is Salinger himself, and he seems genuinely taken aback when he's when he's called evil. And and this is a guy with the superpower to know that he's evil, and Salinger doesn't believe that about himself. He believes he's he's right. He's doing the right thing, even, and it's it's quite an interesting moment when he calls him evil and then and during all this he gives him his backstory and he has a really dark backstory his dad stabbed him at the funeral luncheon there's a funny line but also really sad you kind of see where he uh did not have love jeff and i talked about it two episodes ago where we're talking about how are they going to make sandre deeper is he just going to be a pure evil character because even with Kilgrave, they made him somewhat sympathetic. Uh, and we were worried a little bit that they wouldn't. And this episode, he's still a crazy serial killer asshole, but you do kind of see where the pain in his childhood caused it as well. You know, just like all the other characters that we've seen have these sort of evil reactions and evil, um, personalities built up. Uh, it's still that childhood trauma that really caused it. So, Anyway, I think that's about all I have to say about this episode, episode six. I'm gonna di- I'm gonna go dive into episode seven. Uh, if you would like to he- say anything about what's going on in the show, please let us know. Uh, we're probably gonna do a big feedback episode soon. Just please uh, mark your feedback with what episode you're on, so that we won't get spoiled. <laughs> that is always frustrating when we get feedback and it's not marked or it's marked an episode and then we get spoiled for something. So that is helpful to us. Um, we'll probably do a feedback roundup here very, very soon. Um, thank you very much. We're the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Hit us up at all MCU cast on all the social medias and MCU cast.com. If you'd like to hear from more from me, check out the Star Trek universe podcast, the Orville universe podcast, which drop next drops next week. Or uh, listen to my music. My name is Matthew Carroll. You can find me on all the various music apps. Whatever you use, just search Matthew Carroll. Even on YouTube, you can find some videos and stuff. So uh, that'd be awesome if you get to check that out. That's my big passion in life. So, All right. Until next time, true believers.